Hey, it's Candy. Did you know that I have a quiz to help coaches choose their niche? Yeah, I do. It's super popular and it has been taken more than 20,000 times. This is a fun quiz that takes you about two minutes to do and it will probably give you way more clarity on choosing your best coaching niche. So now whether you say niche or niche, it's going to work for you. And if you're a coach and you have been stuck in niche indecision, wondering what to do, then you should take my quiz and find out what you learn. You can take the quiz today at coachnichequiz.com. That's coachnichequiz.com. Okay, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to She Coaches Coaches. I'm your host, Candy Motzek, and I'm going to help you find the clarity, confidence, and courage to become the coach that you are meant to be. If you're a new coach, or if you've always wanted to be a life coach, then this is the place for you. We're going to talk all about mindset and strategies and how to, because step-by-step only works when you have the clarity, courage, and confidence to take action. Let's get started. Hey coaches, how are you? I'm so glad you're here and welcome to episode 27 of She Coaches Coaches. Do you ever find yourself saying something like this? I know what to do. I'm just not doing it. (laughs) Well, that's what we're talking about today. And before we go any further, don't for a minute think that I don't have the exact same challenge that you do. In fact, When it was time for me to write and record this episode, I heard myself saying the exact same thing. Yeah, I heard this thought run through my head. I know what I need to do, but I'm just not doing it. Now, before you hit that exit button, I wanna give you the heads up. This is not going to be an episode where I tell you just get some more discipline or work harder or set better goals, nope. I'm not going to tell you that you need more productivity tools or that you need to plan your work better. No, that's not what today's episode is about. And I can guarantee you're going to never hear an episode like that from me. Probably, because I don't think they really work in the long run. That traditional approach of planning your work harshly getting more rigid, digging deeper, hustling harder, being harsher with yourself isn't going to help you in the long run. If being harsher and acting like a dictator was going to work, it already would have. You've tried it, haven't you? I know I sure have. And it works uh, maybe for a week, sometimes only a couple of days. And then before I knew it, I was back to square one. Face it, how many times have you said one of these things to yourself when faced with a project, a task, a deadline, or something new? Oh, come on, get your act together. Get it done already. You know, I just need to be more disciplined, that's all. Put your mind to it, or what I need is a better productivity tool or I need a better, tighter goal. What we're 
talk about today is how to work with your brain's own design instead of fighting against it. There are three characteristics of your brain that you need to know about. The first is your brain wants comfort. The second, your brain wants pleasure. And finally, the third, your brain wants easy. Sounds good, right? Mmm, comfort, pleasure, easy. Okay, let's dive into each of these and find out a little bit more. Number one, your brain wants comfort. Another way of saying your brain wants to avoid discomfort. We wanna be comfortable, safe, and secure. We don't wanna take risks. We inherently avoid discomfort. This is the result of evolution. Safety, security, comfort keep us alive and they help us to survive and thrive. It only makes sense, right? Think about that caveman who was a risk taker. They were way more likely to be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger than the cave woman who stayed safe and comfy in the cave. This type of selection means that most of us are descendants of the safety comfort seekers, not the risk takers. Their genetic pool was much smaller and in some cases wiped out. Number two, your brain wants to feel good. We want pleasure. Of course, without any other input, we're gonna naturally choose that yummy treat over something that tastes like dry sawdust, right? We love that endorphin hit, the feel-good hormone. We get that endorphin rush when we buy something that we want, or when we get an email or a text, that ding of the notification gives us a little rush. We will almost always choose to feel good now instead of choosing to delay gratification. For example, we know we should save for retirement, we're bombarded with ads for retirement planning, ways of saving, and ideas of how good life will be in the future when we retire. They want us to choose to delay gratification, but our brain prioritizes pleasure right now. So notice how often that you choose to buy that beautiful pair of shoes or go on that sunny warm vacation instead of saving for retirement, right? We opt for the immediate pleasure over the delayed gratification all the time. And we do it because it's the way we're wired. Notice too, that sometimes we get pleasure from a thrill like riding a roller coaster. Here's where your brain has chosen pleasure over safety and comfort. Interesting, isn't it? Some people like roller coasters, and some, like me, don't. Number three, your brain wants easy. Yeah, your brain wants to push that easy button and conserve energy as much as possible. And when I say easy button, I want you to know that your brain uses between 20 and 25% of your body's energy every single day. That means that 25% of the food you eat goes into your brain function. Your brain wants to be efficient. 
because survival is most likely when you stay safe and use the smallest amount of energy. Your brain is an expert when it comes to putting things on automatic. Back in episode 10, I spoke about the levels of learning. That episode shows you how your brain loves to move to put things on autopilot. Your brain learns it and creates a habit. So you don't even have to think about those steps. And your brain is always angling to put as much as possible into an unconscious pattern or habit. Think about what you're like when you get up first thing in the morning. Now, if you're like me, you probably pee, have a drink of water, put on your robe, and then brush your teeth before pouring a cup of coffee. I bet you do this without even thinking about it, right? That's an example of your brain conserving energy and putting a whole series of actions on autopilot. Have you ever tried to change the order of what you do? Try it tomorrow morning and see what it's like. Try pouring your coffee first before you brush your teeth. Or try brushing your teeth by holding the toothbrush in the other hand. It's not so easy. But when you let your brain work according to its design, you're going to find you're ready for the day without even a thought. So those are the three tendencies. Your brain wants comfort. It wants to avoid discomfort. Number two, your brain wants pleasure. And number three, your brain wants easy. It wants to conserve energy. Okay, so what do these three things have to do with, I know what to do, but I'm just not doing it? Well, your brain is always in play and it will always win in the end. So if the thing that you wanna do feels risky, then tendency number one, avoid discomfort kicks in. If that new thing feels like hard work and no fun, then tendency number two, seek pleasure says, hey, why would I wanna do something that's so hard and no fun? And if this thing is new and it's gonna take a lot of energy to figure it out, of course, tendency number three comes in. He says, hey, I wanna keep it easy. We need to conserve energy. Now, of course, we've all forced ourselves to do things we don't wanna do, things that are hard, stuff that's potentially embarrassing and peppered with risk. And we can use willpower to make ourselves do just about anything for a while. Then watch what happens. All of a sudden, you're going to say, ah, oh, not today. It's too much trouble. Or you might find yourself going, you know, I, I've had a busy week. I really don't have time to do this. Or even, you know what? I'm tired. And before you know it, you're back where you started. Perfect example, especially given that it's early February. Someone who is taking up exercise. They decide they're gonna get fit, so they join a gym. Now, it's risky to do this new thing, and it's certainly not comfortable being the new person, especially when you don't know even how to use the equipment. Here's how these three tendencies might sabotage your very good intentions. Maybe, you don't like feeling like the new kid in the gym. You don't know anyone there anyway, and you don't know where everything is or even how to use it. After that first day, your muscles are probably stiff. It's so uncomfortable. 
So here comes tendency number one, avoid discomfort to remind you that maybe you should wait until you're not so sore after all, or perhaps maybe you're not really cut out for this. Here's the next one. So after the first couple of days, the glow of your desire to get healthy starts to wear off and you realize, God, this is not any fun after all. There is a little pleasure in starting exercise. Everything is hard. You look awkward. You sure don't look fit. Isn't it easier just to sit at home on the couch and watch that cool Netflix series? That's way more fun. And tendency number two, the seek pleasure now tendency persuades you to wait until tomorrow. And finally, how to exercise is not easy when you haven't done it before. It takes energy to learn the exercises, energy to understand what you should be doing and how to do it. So much thinking. Here's where tendency number three shows up. Isn't there something easier you could be doing? Something that uses a little less energy? So you might find yourself saying, this can't be right. I have to think about everything, it's so hard. I have to think about what am I gonna wear? What do I do? Where do I go? And look at them. It's so easy for those other people, but it's so hard for me. And eventually, even getting dressed and out the door takes more energy than you're willing to give it. Besides, it's been a tough week, right? And you're tired. Yeah, you can always start again next week. But you've seen those three tendencies and maybe you can identify with some of them. Maybe it's around getting fit and going to the gym. Maybe it's around something else. But let's stick with this gym story. We all know people who have started at the gym and continue until it's a habit. They continue until it's just who they are. I want you to know that these tendencies are neutral. They can work for you or they can work against you. So how could you use these brain tendencies in your favor? Well, the first step is always awareness. Understand how they work. Next, when you know that they're always in play and you know that they're neutral, know that they can work for you or against you. So you could ask yourself, hmm, how could I make this more comfortable? Or how can I make this more fun and pleasurable? And even how can I make it easier? Here's where you get to use your creativity and your problem solving ability so let's go back. We're still with that person who is new to fitness. When they ask, how could I make it more comfortable? Well, here are some ideas, and I bet you can think of more. Try preparing in advance. Go for a tour at the gym before you sign up. Go with a friend. Sign up with a friend. Or even go to a gym where you already kind of know some of the people. Decide what you're going to do when you get there so you're ready. And now if you're going to go to an exercise class, make sure it's the right level for you and not too difficult. Or hire a trainer for the first few sessions so they can help you get comfortable. So those are all some strategies that you can use to make it more comfortable to get started. Now the second, how can you make it more fun or pleasurable? Well, how about pairing this new thing 
with something that is fun. For example, maybe you want to start on the treadmill. So for example, you could decide that you're only going to be able to watch the next episode of your favorite show or listen to the next episode of your favorite podcast when you're on the treadmill. So you're rewarding yourself. And this way, you're rewarding yourself when you do the new habit and it becomes more fun too. And then finally, how can I make it easier? How can I make it like the easy button? Well, I recommend that you use a technique called habit stacking. This comes from a book by James Clear, Atomic Habits. And I put the note in the episode notes, a link for the book if you're not familiar with it. It's based on the premise that there are some tasks that you're already efficient at. Now, when you're already efficient at something, it means that your brain has built very efficient pathways. So if you pair this new habit, like going to the gym, with another habit that you've already got in place, it's going to be way easier to start and create the new habit. So you put the two habits together, the new one with one that you're already good at. An example, you might say, you know what, after I get home from work, I'm going to immediately change into my workout gear. Maybe you're an individual that when you get home from work, you always change. Well, maybe you've decided to change into workout gear. And you know that once you got your workout gear on, you're heading out the door to the gym. In this example of someone who is new to exercise, it's not gonna take long for the exercise and the gym itself to be comfortable. You're gonna meet people, the equipment will be familiar, you're gonna find pleasure in movement, you're gonna feel stronger, you're gonna look better and get that endorphin rush of a workout. And it will be the easy button, of course. Of course I work out, that's just who I am. And you're gonna find it harder to not exercise than exercise. So use these three tendencies in all areas of your life. Of course, on this podcast, we're talking about new coaches and helping you build a coaching practice. So use these tendencies to make your journey to being a coach with a full practice even easier. I would encourage you to think of ways to make this journey of becoming a coach easier, more fun, and more comfortable. Now, if you're listening to the episode and you're a new coach, I can help you. If you're new and you're not quite sure where to start or exactly what to do next, you might find that you're feeling kind of overwhelmed or confused. If you're thinking of hiring a coach, consider it. It's going to make it faster, easier, and also more fun. Then we should chat if you're considering it. Let's see if it's time for us to work together. There's a link in the episode notes about how to schedule a consult, and I would love to hear from you. Oh, and one more thing before you leave. I want to tell you about a gift I offer to all of my listeners. It's my free resource library, and it's called the Coaches Online Business Academy. Here's how it works. Click on the link and sign up for free account. You're going to get immediate access to this online portal, and in there is all kinds of content for new coaches to get started and start building your business. All you have to do is go to the episode description or the show notes, click on the link, sign up, and that's it. I'm really, 
really happy to share this with you. It's one of the ways that I support my community and I support the growth of coaching too. I believe that we need more coaches and that everyone will benefit by having a coach. So that's it for today, friends. Come listen again next week. We can't wait to chat with you then. Thanks again for listening today. Please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Also, I would love to hear from you. Did something that I say resonate? What else would you like to learn about? Click the link in the player and leave a comment on the post. This is going to give me great ideas for future episodes so I can help you best. Join me again next week for more coaching, support, and teaching to help you become the confident coach you are meant to be.